Hey, Josh Felber here from uh, Making Bank Podcast. Super excited today to talk to Greg Rice on the art of communication. Uh, we dove into a lot of amazing topics to help you unpack what you're doing as an entrepreneur, whether you're looking to figure out how to integrate your family and your life and what you're doing, how to elevate your um, health and your fitness overall, uh, and just being able to learn to be a better communicator because uh, we all need that. So make sure you watch Greg Rice in the Art of Communication podcast. This episode is going to be amazing and just blow your mind. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, today I got a great one for you. I got to sit down with Josh Felber. Josh is a serial entrepreneur with over 28 years of creating and growing a number of different multi-million dollar businesses and even one that surpassed $5 billion. On top of that, he's a two-times best-selling author, a two-times Emmy winner, winner for his documentary work. He's host of the Making Bank podcast and show... And he's also a growth hacker and coach helping other businesses achieve the same success that he has. So Josh and I talked about a lot of different things. One thing I was curious about was he's worked in so many different industries and it's so hard to figure out what the right target message is in each industry. So he shared some of his tips for how to nail down that message and communicate it effectively to your target audience in a pretty easy way. So that those are really powerful tips. You definitely want to check those out. We also talked about the fact that some of the most important and difficult decisions for entrepreneurs are around hiring, especially hiring your leadership team. And he shares what he's learned over the years about doing that really well. And then he has a new book coming out around balancing friends, family, faith, and finances. And he shared some of his secrets around integrating those four different things into his life and how he does it and keep an eye out for that book coming out in the near future. So Josh is a truly amazing guy. And if you're an entrepreneur, you have to listen to this episode because Josh is just one of the best out there. And he shares some great tips. So Josh, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to chat with you today. Greg, super excited to be here, and uh, just been looking forward to this uh, show the last couple of days here. Awesome, man! Thank you. Yeah, I uh, you've done so much, man. I'm really excited to talk to you about all your different entrepreneurial adventures, and I think the audience can learn a ton from them, especially from the communication perspective. But I'd love to just start off by getting a feel for kind of what started you down this entrepreneurial path. Yeah, no, um, awesome question. For me, it was all the way back um, when I was a kid, just doing odds and ends things around the house. And, uh, but I'd say my first real business, that's what I always like to start out with was, uh, <laughs> when I started my computer company, when I was 14, I, um, wanted a, uh, back when I was a kid, so I'm 46 now. So <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a company called Commodore and they had like the Commodore 64 computer. And <clears throat> they were coming out with this, uh, one called the Commodore Amiga, which was like, like the top end, like Sony Playstations or Xboxes that are out now, but that was like graphics and gaming on it was that back then. 
And so I was like, man, I really want to get one of those. And they were right around um, 800, I think it was like $797 or something. So I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way I can get one of these. And so researching, I'm like, oh, wait, cool. I'm going to, I can be a dealer of computers, a, a reseller of computers. So long story short, ended up getting set up. It was all based on snail mail and trying to figure out how to fax stuff back in <laughs> those days. And, uh, and so I got set up and got one for about, it was about half off. And, and then all my friends were like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I'm going to get one. I'm like, well, hey, I can get one. I can get you one, but it's a discount. You don't have to pay the $800. And so that's kind of what started it all. And then mm. um, my dad had got, helped me get the vendor's license and all that stuff back then. We started going to computer users groups and selling the floppy disks and all that crazy stuff back then. And so that was my first real business um, that kind of got my entrepreneurial journey kicked off. So it started really early and had success <laughs> early. So that's awesome. So since then, you've done just, a, I was really struck by the large variety of things that you've worked in, the large variety of industries and how many places you've been successful. So I'm curious, what's the common theme across all that, that it makes you jump from, you know, healthcare to making documentaries um, to something else, right? To digital media. Sure. Some of it was out of necessity. Some of it was out of like, man, this is just something I'd really love to go do or and, and passions and interests and stuff. But I guess the common theme was really kind of boils down to, so I, I, I'm a quick start. So I like get in, get stuff started, start growing it, building it. And that that's like in that kind of challenge. And that's where I thrive. And I've learned over the years, not back then, but over the years that I got to be able to have other people in the team that I can pass on this to mm -hmm. and like help them continue to do the day in and day out and the, the little pieces that make the whole thing actually work. But I'm good at getting in, getting my hands dirty, grinding, building it, you know, putting in the hours, just kind of those, the, the hustle and just really making it happen. But then like being able then to pass that off or pass that to somebody or on the team to continue to move, you know, move that forward. So I'm really interested in your perspective because you've dealt in so many different industries. Uh, you know, you need to understand the target market in each industry, which is going to be vastly different from one to the other. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your process of connecting to who that target audience is, getting to know what's going to resonate with them and then communicating them in a way that's going to get them to buy. For sure. No, great question. So a lot of the businesses way back, it was all done via like mail out, mailing, like direct, like direct mail to your mailboxes to when we, I had a um, satellite TV company and uh, we we're the second largest direct TV and dish network uh, reseller and installer wow. in the U S for a while. And, but how we did that was we built out a telemarketing room and had um, like high school students just calling, uh, you know, getting people signed up for satellite services, uh, you know, so it was just picking up the phone and normal outside cold calling phone sales. And we would do mailers right to the mailboxes, things like that. Um, now, you know, with the internet and, and, and everything we're doing and, you know, it, it's way easier because now you can specifically target a certain age demographic, uh, interest, anything, whether it's on um, Google, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on pro programmatic advertising. So a lot of different um, varieties, uh, things that you can do. But a fun story was um, one of the companies that was a part owner in was uh, called Slim Mint. So we had these like natural Altide weight loss mints that we created. Um, you just pop them to them, fresh breath and help and helps curb the appetite and everything. Cool. And when we first started, it was early, 
2003. And so the internet was kind of there, it was happening, but it wasn't like blowing up, you know, sales all over the internet. It was a lot of ebook stuff back then and things. And we ended up having, uh, we ended up selling right from a static sales page um, through utilizing um, PayPal and everything to take orders. And that's how we grew that side of it and built the uh, interest level. And then we started moving into um, retail and, and you know, my job was to get it into retail and everything as well. And we ended up getting all of our slim mints in roughly 45, 48,000 retailers across the US and around the world um, before we sold the company to Irwin Naturals. So, wow. Uh, very cool. Very cool. So related to that though, how do you nail down what the right target message is? Because folks spend years trying to do that in just one industry and you've done it successfully in, you know, a dozen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, not always successfully, <laughs> but it's uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of testing and trial, really. Like with Slim Mints, I was fortunate. One of the owners, and it, it totally makes sense now, but back then I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, but one of the owners was actually a copywriter and he wrote copy mm-hmm. and he still writes copy now for the health supplement industry and everything. But now I'm just like, oh, wait a minute. That's what he was doing. <laughs> so fortunately, I didn't have to really figure out the target message as much right with that company. But mm-hmm. um, with like our company now with Primal Life Organics that we have, and we sell personal care, natural personal care products in the dental and skincare um, to women and everything. I mean, it's always been a you know trial and really trying to figure out you know what message works, which one makes the connection. You know, whether you're running Facebook ads, whether it's just the messaging on your uh, lander page on your website to product pages and stuff, and you know, really trying to figure out uh, what converts. Um, one of the big things that we've done that's worked well over the years is um, you know either surveying our audiences. Going a lot of good things you can do initially is you say you have a, a supplement or a personal care product or something whatever it may be is going to finding similar compet- competitors products mm-hmm. and then looking at the um, the one star and the five star reviews and what those comments are and then you can then reverse engineer and write your copy and, and this isn't my idea I stole this from somebody else so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the brilliant mastermind with it but I've utilized it and it works really well so my thought is if you can take something and utilize it and make it to help you move forward. You know, I mean, why not do that? But so I'm not taking credit for this, but you do as you look at the five stars, the one star reviews, really figure out, cool, these are what people love about this product. These are what people hate. And then that's how you write your copy for your specific product. Hey, here's why we are better in X, Y, and Z based off their one star reviews. And then take the five star. Great. You know, this is where our products excels and everything. So you, an easy way to do that, if you don't have a base built yet, you don't have a, um, you know, a customer's built yet. Um, that's an easier way to go and uh, start to create your message, you know, for your products. I love that. And that's something I had not heard before. So I think that that's a <laughs> tremendous tip. I mean, I've heard of look at the competitors, kind of set yourself up, um, say with a social media profile where you'll start to see those ads, right? So right. Start to see what works and what doesn't work from that perspective. But I love this one star, five star review conversation. The other thing you said, I think is really important is testing. Um, yeah. I think especially new entrepreneurs might think that they, they spend a long time trying to lock down that first message. It fails. And so they think they failed. They don't start out with the mindset of, I got to try 10 different messages to find out which one might be best. And then another 10 to figure out the really best one. You know, so there's got to be a lot of A-B testing done throughout the process to figure out what the right message is. 
Yeah, for sure. And then part of it too, and this is one thing we I, we've done more recently, not previously, was um, creating a customer journey. So um, you know, creating a way for them to uh, follow down a path. So finding out finding out what. Um, those pain points are and and then creating that um, whether it's an email sequence or uh, online ads um, you know the, through retargeting then they you know see throughout the different um, pain points and then creating that customer journey um, to bring them into your ecosphere and you know then present them with uh, you know what what your offer or your products and everything are so understanding where they have a pain point with a competitor <clears throat> and cycling right. them off there and bring them into your world which ideally, is solving for that pain point throughout your process. Correct. Yep. Yep. Really interesting. Cool stuff. So thank you for sharing that. Um, on a related topic, uh, you've also led a bunch of different companies, right? So tell me what you've learned about leadership and leading so many different teams throughout the years. <laughs> I suck at managing people. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I'm the, I'll be the first to admit, I try and it's hard for me to sometimes just wrap my head around in like looking at it from always their perspective is being like driven and a go-getter and going after it. And, you know, obviously the, it's not those employees company. Um, you know, they try to empower them like, Hey, it is your company, you're building, you're growing up. But just, so I guess finding the right people to help lead the teams, um, mm -hmm. is super important for me. Other people may be like Gary Vaynerchuk, he's amazing at it and he's super empathetic and he's able to connect and, you know, uh, and, and understand like where, you know, and I try, but it's, I do my best, but it's not a strong strength for me. Um, so finding the right people to actually help with that and then let them kind of be the go-to person, you know, for that, um, I think is uh, super key and important. Yeah. I think self-awareness is the foundation for any leadership, right? Getting better right. at leadership. You have to understand where you're coming from and what you're good and not good at. Right. Um, and we're all good at different things. Um, so that's interesting. So you mentioned about hi hiring your leaders being so important. Tell me a little bit about how you assess, right? You, you meet somebody for an hour in an interview. How are you assessing if they're a good culture fit, if they might be a leader that works well with you? What does that conversation look like? Yeah, it's, um, it's and it's evolved, um, dramatically over the years. I mean, it used to be a lot about cool. What's the skill sets? What's, you know, this, um, to more, you know, are they a right fit for the culture? You know, are they the, you know, where do they fit in? Are they, you know, uh, you know, with that, are they going to be able to connect get along, but then also, um, you know, hold those standards and push the team if it's, you know, somebody in a leadership role and everything. And you're never going to be hundred percent, right? <laughs> I figure if you can be right, 55% of the time, then it's a win. <laughs> um, but the key is, you, I think is when you hire them, you got to realize too, is if they're not the right fit for them, um, it's better to let them go right away, you know, sooner than later, instead of stringing somebody along and then, uh, you know, trying to like get them to fit right is, you know, I've, we've found that it's better just like, look, it's not the right fit. And we just had that happen. Um, probably like six, eight months ago, we've, we wanted to bring an in-house graphic designer was here. Um, you know, and the person didn't, I mean, they were fun. They, we love the, love the individual, but just couldn't grasp the brand, um, mm -hmm. of the company. And we tried and we tried to keep giving and finally it was like 90 days, 90, a uh, hundred days in. We're like, we just, we love you, but it's just not the right 
fit and design a specific focus for the brand and you know, just had to let them go. And, uh, you know, it just for them, it was a, I think it was a good thing because now they're not going to continue to struggle and set mm-hmm. them up for failure all the time, even though we, we tried to give them every avenue and everything possible and stuff. So I think knowing, you know, being able to let someone go when they're not the right fit is super key is just as important as hiring. Yeah, that's it's so hard to do. Right? You have to admit you're wrong. You have to deal with some emotional stuff for you from your perspective and from obviously the individual's perspective. Um, it's definitely a challenging thing to do, but an important thing to do. I agree. Oh yeah, that and I mean, I think the hardest part of it all is just getting a couple other people on our team here, like to commit. To like, hey, like we need to let this person go. I mean, yeah. I'm fine walking in, sitting down with them. Sorry, man, it just didn't work out. But it's getting the one or two other people to be like, all right, yeah, okay, I agree. Let's go do this. So, yeah. Oh wow, interesting. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. So switching topics a little bit. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to the show. A lot of entrepreneurs out there struggle to find that right balance, right? I struggle to find the balance, right? So I kind of do this as my passion project. Also have a, a full time job. I have five kids. You know, find four teenagers, right? Um, So finding the right balance between family and my health and work and everything else is a challenge. I know that that's something you've been doing a lot of work around lately. So I'd love to get your thoughts on how we can be better at that. Uh, Yeah, that's, you know, great question. And, you know, one of the things that I found is over the years, um, and it kind of all when our daughter was first born, um, you know, it was like, you know, how do we balance that whole thing back in was it 2008? How do we balance what we're doing here to um, spending the time, like you said, and everything? And then I came to realize it's like if you're always trying to create balance, you're always going to be fighting one thing. So like you have the teeter totter, and you like you're here and you want to keep the other side up, but then the other side's weighs down, and it ends up being a struggle because you're always fighting for the balance. Yeah. And so what what I kind of came up with. And what's worked well for me is, uh, you know, integration. And so call it like master the four pillars, you know, is faith, family, fitness, and entrepreneurship. And so, um, you know, in that order, and I think if you can have alignment in those areas, that's your integration. You don't have to worry about, you know, balancing. And so, you know, one of the big things that we've always done with our kids is, you know, we've taken them to a lot of, um, entrepreneurial events. Um, and some of them they've participated when they were younger, they didn't, but as they got older and stuff and, you know, they started to participate. So a few years ago, um, in Orlando, I took them down to, um, I'd been going to click funnels since their first event and everything. And so I took them to the one in Orlando the one year and they, you know, loved it. You know, they sat through, I'd say, 80% of it uh, and everything, as well as they ended up getting up on stage with um, my buddy of mine, Chris Record, and huh. singing the ClickFunnels rap um, in front of 3,000 <laughs> people. And they loved it. It was like the best thing, you know, but bringing them in and in, integrating them in what you do. And I mean, we've gone to, um, you know, other masterminds and things like that where we've brought them and, you know, our nannies with us and stuff. So they're able to go play and do stuff during the day. And then we connect up with them at night for dinner and things like that. And then we always bumper one of the ends, stay a couple extra days or come in in a couple extra days early. So we all go hang out and do stuff and things like that as well. So I think integrating them in to what you're doing is super important. It creates curiosity. Um, all, of, all of 
our kids have businesses based on, you know, uh, just being around. We're not like, oh, you got to go start a business or anything like that. And we homeschool them. We've homeschooled them the last, I think, three years or we're going on four years now. And so... Another that? Thing to that, add another thing to that list then, right? On top of those four, now you're also educating them at the same time. That's hard to do. It's, you know, but teacher, it, I understand. Yeah, it's cool though, because then you can actually then help create kind of that yeah. um, program that you want them to, to, you know, that, to learn and um, you know, set them up hopefully for better success and everything overall. You know, integrating them with that, um, like my daughter's, you know, a couple of years ago started a pet company. So she owns Paleo Pets and she makes all natural pet care products. And our boys were like, hey, we want to start something. I'm like, okay, you got to start something where there's no cash outlay, where you don't have to have employees and that you don't, you know, you don't have to sit there and pack and do all that. So they ended up starting um, gratitude, gratitude where they have really cool, awesome, soft t-shirts and hoodies and hats and things like that. But they have, um, uh, different gratitude quotes and stuff on them. And so, um, you know, but they don't have to inventory anything. They don't have to do anything. They just get the shirts, the, the, the design, the shirts, put them up and then market it and everything. And so Mm -hmm. I think, if we would not have done a lot of that, then, you know, they would not have that, had that curiosity to want to start and do that. And so part of that, you know, and every morning, you know, we have a whole routine, you know, whether it's meditation, working out together, um, different things like that. And so, you know, bringing the whole fitness side of it, you know, uh, in the faith and the family. And then the last part would be like entrepreneurship. And so that's the business aspect of it. And so that's kind of how I look at it. But first, have you guys ever struggled to gain traction driving paid traffic while it seems like your competitors are just having a lot more success? If so, then you're going to love what I put together for you. I mean, how about a free analysis of you versus your top three competitors to gain clarity around what is really working and what isn't and where the opportunities are? Does that sound good? Well, I've partnered with some of the best in the paid traffic business to create inflection marketing. I only partner with the best. No one has more experience. These guys have been doing it since 2001, and they've been helping companies win paid traffic across all channels, including Google, Microsoft, and Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Amazon. And here's the best part. For anyone who sets up a consultation appointment, we'll provide you with a free competitive analysis comparing your pay-per-click advertising versus your competitors, looking at things like messaging, keywords, volume, and cost per click. And there's no obligation for this. It'll give you the foundation that you need to succeed, whether you decide to work with us or not. So to learn more about how we can help you take your digital marketing game to the next level and drive a true inflection in your paid traffic, as well as get your complimentary competitive analysis, go to gregjrice.com backslash inflection. That's gregjrice.com backslash inflection to schedule a quick discussion to see if there may be a fit here or not. So with that, let's dive into our interview. Yeah, and no, it's really cool to be able to bring your kids and family along for the ride in all those regards and tying all those things together. And I, I think that um, it probably creates a lot of really authentic conversations and, and just discussions, right? And thinking right. around all the topics that you're working on from an entrepreneurial perspective, right? So like my kids don't know that much about, they know a little bit about the podcast and some of what I do for work, but um, they don't, we don't have a whole lot of conversations about it, right? So I love how dialed in your kids are on that. It's certainly something that I think I could probably do a better job of doing myself. 
Yeah, it's, you know, and one of the things too is interesting because I know people always ask, especially for homeschooling and stuff too, is just, are they sociable and things like that? And Mm. I mean, uh, ours are, we've always tried to raise them from a curiosity standpoint. And so they're the first to ask you like a million questions. And one time we were flying back from just a vacation down in Florida and they, I have, we have twin boys. And so, um, there was, uh, on the three rows we were in, there was uh, somebody on the inside and then my one son and then me, and then kind of a ang- one row up to the right of us was my wife and, um, daughter and other son. And so, the my one boy cash was just asking this guy question after question after question probably for i don't know an hour straight well then they both got up went to the restroom came back well they switched places just because <laughs> the other one wanted to come sit by me and it was the most funniest thing was he asked them almost the exact same <laughs> questions for another hour. the dude was a good sport and everything just but uh and they're identical so <laughs> it's uh That's it was hilarious. pretty funny but you know, raising them like that. And I think it's, it's not about like, you know, they don't always have to, um, have all this social outside stuff to be social and be, you know, it's, I think it's raising them with confidence Mm -hmm. and, um, curiosity and awareness and things like that, that then opens them up and, you know, creates them, um, to be personable and to be able to, um, want to learn and know about, you know, someone else or the situation or whatever it may be. Absolutely. And and when does the book get released? I know that you're working on a book right now related to this topic, right? Yeah. Um, soon it's just, um, I, uh, the target is, um, like first of the year. Um, so we're just going through the, like proofreading and things like that and kind of with everything going on, uh, with the whole COVID and stuff and kind of, we kind of, reset and was we're doing some different stuff so yeah, yeah. Uh, sometime in january 2021 yeah cool we'll definitely be on the lookout for that i think we can all learn a little bit about those lessons <laughs> Thanks. To change topics again a bit uh, I, I was amazed that you've won emmys right and <laughs> that you've created documentaries have been very successful um so tell me a little bit about how you got on that adventure and what you've learned about telling story through the digital medium Sure. No, I got, I was fortunate enough to, through networking and my connections and things like that, um, to get connected into some awesome people. Um, a good friend of mine, um, now, uh, Nick Nanton, um, he's actually just recently produced, um, the, uh, Operation Underground Railroad and, uh, documentary and things like that. And, um, had, uh, a lot of success, over the years, um, producing these. And so, um, got invited to, um, work with him to produce, um, the Peter Diamandis visionaire movie, which we won two Emmys for. Um, so that was super cool to, um, go down and see that happen and at the awards ceremony and everything. And then rebound, uh, which was about the, uh, handicapped wheelchair basketball. And then, um, recently was in age of the entrepreneur and stuff too, but just, through connections and networking and I got introduced to these right people and at the right time and everything. And it was always something that I wanted to do there. I know they're in the middle of producing another one for operation underground railroad to continue to bring more light into the whole sex trafficking and, uh, you know, um, just all the stuff going on right now with all that. And so they're really bringing that to light. So he invited me back with that. So, um, to be part of that and stuff as well. So how involved are you with kind of the overall storytelling as part of the development of the documentary? 
the storytelling part is he, they kind of handle that more with their internal team and stuff from that perspective, but um, more the overall um, from an investment and then Mm -hmm. just kind of helping from a production standpoint on that side of stuff uh, is the involvement with it. So, but usually they have it mapped out from uh, like where kind of the end goal with the whole story is and then um, the whole process in between. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So switch topics again, because you've worked on a lot of topics, right? I know that personal branding is something that's important to you that you talk a lot about. So tell me a little bit about the importance of personal branding and how we can do that more effectively. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, you know, and it was something I think I was like, I should have done many of years ago. And it was more, I think over the last five, six years that I decided, um, you know, I need to do this and start to create a, you know, some personal branding around what I'm doing and everything. But I, like I said, I wish I would have started doing it back (laughs) 25 years ago and stuff. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think now with the internet, it gives you a little bit more opportunity to do that and to build up. But I think um, from a personal branding perspective is important. Um, Just, it kind of creates, um, I guess an online, like Jesse Litzer talks about, you know, building your life resumes and things like that. So it helps you kind of create um, like a brand or a personal story around who you are, what you're doing or what you've done. And, you know, and then it helps other people. I look at it as like, you know, if I can help one other person through some of the information that I've learned or that I'm sharing out there uh, and everything, then, you know, that's a win. And because they'll they'll hopefully help someone else and that person will help someone else and that person will help someone else. So if people don't know who you are, where you are, or how you can help them, then they're not going to be able to find you. But as soon as you can start to put your voice, your message out there and, you know, put, you know, how you, you know, what you can do, how you're helping, you know, other people, um, they're going to be able to have that opportunity to find you. I'm not really, I'm not talking about from um, like the guru standpoint or anything like that. It's just, you know, you know, what is my, you know, what, what, what is my message? And, you know, I had thought about that for the longest time and, you know, and a friend of mine was like, Hey, you know, here's what you do really well. And so that's kind of how we came up with, you know, master mastering the four pillars, you know, of an integrated lifestyle and kind of, you know, breaking that all down. And so, um, you know, being able to share that and, you know, whether it's through podcasts like yours, Greg, or content that I put online and things like that. I mean, I have so much, there's tons and tons of free content out there, whether it's on my Instagram pages or um, through my website and things like that, that people can access. And, you know, for being able to help them with all this um, and just change a little part of their life to help move them closer to where they, you know, what they're doing and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for any entrepreneur to think about really anybody to think about what they're putting forth as a personal brand and what they're communicating to the world on a, on a daily basis. You know, what's my central message, like you were saying, but then also how am I bringing that to life for folks and the way I interact with people and the, what I'm sharing online, even in how I'm dressing and approaching the world. Um, it's just a really interesting topic. So yeah, definitely. You've also worked with a lot of businesses that drive some pretty extreme growth. You know, you talk about kind of 10 times growth. So I'd love to get a feel for you when you dive into working with a new company. What's the process of driving that growth? We'll take a look at a lot of the um, initial things, you know, initial um, 
easy, low hanging fruit. So, uh, depending on the business, so, you know, whether it's, uh, going back and, you know, finding more of those same customers or, you know, um, a lot of companies, um, don't have any kind of re like from a digital perspective, a lot of them don't have any remarketing or retargeting out there. And, you know, that's one of the things that we've done really well is, um, with Prem Life is we have, you know, when you go to our website, then you go anywhere else, <laughs> you see us everywhere. And mm-hmm. people are like, you're following me all over the place. <laughs> and it's just, you know, because whether you go to Yahoo or uh, one of the news sites or things like that, you see our marketing pieces and stuff. And so, yeah. you know, kind of trying to take a look at what is that low hanging fruit, you know, and those easy things that are easy movers for people. It may be, you know, like, creating, like we talked about earlier, creating that customer journey through email sequences or, um, you know, basic things like that, that, um, a lot of people have never set up, you know, overall. So, um, and I think when you can go in and create wins like that, that allows them to then, um, start to really build and uh, create that additional growth. Very cool. Very cool. So one last switch of topic, or maybe two more. One, <laughs> but the first one, um, shifting your podcast. I'd love to hear a little bit about what you're doing with the podcast. I know you've had a successful podcast for a long time, and um, some of the key lessons you've learned from talking to folks on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, Making Bank. Um, it it got started going on our fifth season now. So we and we drop one episode every single week. And it originally got started, and I didn't. I really didn't want to be on video or audio or anything. And Grant Cardone was launching his whatever it takes network at the time. And he's like, look, you know, we, we want you on the network and da, 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 da. And finally I was like, okay, you know, and he's like, you know, we'll help you get it going and stuff. And so um, that was, that was kind of the whole main reason that I kicked it off initially. <laughs> and so, but after it launched, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. You know, this is fun. I enjoy this. And, you know, and then it ended up becoming, a really great way to connect and network with people. And I was able to see through the whole process. I was like, Oh man, I could actually like message X, Y, and Z and they get back to me and they're interested in coming on the show. And so I've been fortunate over the years to really attract and bring on a lot of amazing people on the, onto the show. And, um, you know, it's video and audio. And so we're on pretty much any channel that you can find, uh, you know, find out there whether it's Amazon Fire to Apple TV app to um, you know YouTube, uh, and then you know pretty much every audio channel out there that's possible. Even Alexa skill, you can find Making Bank ads. So nice. It, but it you know uh, it's been a really cool way to um, learn and and understand um, when I go in and talk to a guest. Um, you know, to really pick to understand what their mindset is, um, that got them to where they are. Uh, and you know, it comes out of a curiosity standpoint from myself is like, Oh man, you know, I really like to be able to whatever X, you know, uh, learn from this person and, you know, in these topics. And so then, you know, that's where I drive down and, you know, really try to go deep in certain areas. And, we don't have set questions. It's more um, freestyle. And so uh, we start going down a topic and I'm like, oh, wow, this is super awesome and amazing. Something I didn't even know. And then we go deeper into that topic. And um, we've gotten a lot of great feedback over the years based on that. And, you know, people really, you know, understanding and um, seeing, you know, how we're able to really unpack and uncover different topics. It's been able to 
um, apply to their life and help them and everything overall. So uh, it's it's super fun and uh, something that you know, like you like you do, you know, you enjoy doing and uh, really talking to people. So. Yeah. Any thoughts on asking great questions? You know, as you notice something, somebody's passionate about something that's really interesting. How do you get them to kind of go deeper down that path? Yeah, it's, um, you know, just kind of the whole curiosity standpoint. So, you know, that I think it's like the seven times why and, you know, and you kind of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. continue to ask that question to continue to peel back till you find out this is that main, you know, and sometimes it's easier than others. And sometimes it's, man, you know, it's, you've interviewed guests where it's like, you're going and you still keep getting one word answers or two word yeah. answers. And you're like, Oh my gosh, how is that? I got 20 more minutes of this interview. And I, not, <laughs> that's rare, but no, it's, um, you know, and w- w- the funny thing about it is like that one interview that I had that way, I get a ton of YouTube comments about that interview and people are like, Oh my gosh, like, I, this is like one of the best interviews ever. And I'm like, what? <laughs> how could that be? <laughs> so insightful. Yeah. <laughs> so to the point. Right. That's funny. Well, uh, thank you for not being one of those guests. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no so problem. Just a couple more questions I'd like to ask everybody who I have on the show. Um, the first one is around the power of conversations. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, one conversation can change your life in the direction that you take. So I always like to ask the folks I have on the show, if there's one conversation you can point to in your life that had a really meaningful impact on the path that you ended up taking. I would, you know, it would probably be, it was back in 2003 or so. Um, I've always worked over the years a lot with a business coach, things like that. Um, And I've worked with one of the top uh, coaches at Tony Robbins for the longest time. And it was something I was just getting stuck on. And, you know, one day he's like, look, man. And for me, just to kind of give you a backstory is when I was right around 14, 15 years old, I started reading um, like Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant, Think Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and um, Unlimited Power and stuff. And so I've always applied that to my life over the years and over the years. And actually it was funny. I found a uh, old eight and a half by 11 notepad back when I was like 15. I wrote down like Tony's talks about writing your goals and, you know, breaking down into the categories on it. So I had come across it and I found that and I thought it was super cool because I'd say 85% of the stuff on there I'd accomplished over the years and everything else. So we were having a conversation and, where I was stuck at. And, you know, he's like, look, he goes 95 to 98% of people out there did not have that and grow up with learning all everything that you learn at such a young age and applying it throughout your life. And you got to look at is, you know, all those people that you're dealing with where you're getting frustrated at, you know, have, have not had any of that. And your job or role is to help them unpack and uncover that. And, you know, be a better version of themselves. And so I think that was for me at that time was super insightful and, you know, it helped kind of transfer and move directions in my life and stuff that, um, you know, helped me, got me here today. So. That's powerful. And I think that that is kind of the essence of leadership, right? Being able to help folks become better versions of themselves versus just being frustrated with them because they're not doing what you hope that they would do. Um, right. Yep. Um, it's a completely different take on it. So that, that's really cool. So 
Second question, as you think about all that you've accomplished to date, if there's one communication skill you could have had in more abundance that would have made it all a lot easier, what would that have been? I would say being like super present from a listening perspective. Um, a lot of times, especially when you're, uh, you're growing a company, moving fast, that kind of thing, you're thinking about whatever, a million different things and, mm. you know, and really focused on yourself and what you have going on. And so I think being really present and listening to whoever you're communicating with at that moment in time, um, I think would, is a huge, um, shift for sure. And definitely something that, uh, pays out 10 X. Yeah, absolutely. Developing that skill is hugely powerful if you can do it, if you can get out of your own head. <laughs> yeah. Something that I find helpful is just like, you know, doing really simple meditation, like five minutes a day, you know, focusing on your own breath. It teaches you to clear your head and be a bit, for, bit more mindful about what's going on in there so you can get more control over it, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And it doesn't have to be an hour a day of meditation, you know, just five minutes can make a huge impact. So yep. next question for you is who's the best communicator that you know? either know of or know personally. It doesn't have to be somebody that you know personally, but it could be. Um, and why do you say that about them? Oh, man. Um, probably I would say the best communicator would be Jesus from the okay. fact uh, of all the people that he was able to lead and change and you know um, unify um, into one, one focus. Yeah, 2,000 years later, right? Yeah, that's right. Still, Still. communicating. Yeah. Um, the question is, how good do we communicate it to others? But that's, that's a different story. Right. <laughs> um, it probably depends on who you're talking to. But um, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So last question for you. If you had to sum up everything that you've learned about how to be a great entrepreneur into one statement, what would that be? I mean, one of the big things for me, and I think that applied back when I was little and it did over the years um, is just kind of the relentless pursuit, um, you know, whatever kind of going after, you know, it was just relentless. And I think one of the big things that can apply back is, you know, the only easy day was yesterday because mm-hmm. you're, it's always a new day and there's always challenges and, you know, and, and you know, it's yesterday's gone. So it's easier than today was. for sure i like that that's that's a good way to look at things i think because you always want to go easy it never does it never does (laughs) right where can folks find you what can they learn what you're up to and and get in contact with you yeah definitely uh easiest way um just hit my website josh and then felber f as in frank el b as in boy er.com and i post a ton on instagram same you can find me the same name on instagram and facebook and twitter and uh pretty much everywhere out there and the Making Bank podcast can be found on any major podcast. Uh, um, yeah, any, for any sure. platform out there. Yep. Um, you as can well find as YouTube. Bank, audio, video, whatever you want to find it on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was, this was great. I appreciate you taking the time, Josh. Um, just such great uh, experience from so many different companies that you've run and started. Um, I really appreciate you taking time to share that with me and with the audience. Yeah, Greg. No, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, just honored to be on the show and really be able to uh, create a ton of value for your listeners and everything. Tremendous. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. 
We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.